Hello? Hey, I went out for once. Yeah, you you, you had me panicked for a sec. Things <laughs> a nice change, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd usually we, we fuck about and we don't get on until right on time. And on that. Oh, it really is a fuss for everything. So, hello there. And I am Will. And this is Chris. And welcome to Mr. Oh. Clyde Presents Key Issues. This is what we're going with. Chris thought that up. And it sounds fairly smart. And nothing to do with news or anything like that. Mostly about comics. Newsy comics. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I would also like to thank Shane at Inverclyde Boilers. The boilers are still doing well. And we're meant to be going visit in the next couple of weeks. And we'll keep you in the loop on that. I don't know who won the competition or anything like that. But we'll get back to you about it. So, this week's a bit different. As the, all the Marvel stuff is finished until probably the end of May. Is that was that the last thing, Chris? June? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if, is that right? I can't remember. I know Loki's been delayed. Loki's been put forward, actually. It's been put to the Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So is it going to no. overlap with the Bad Batch then? Uh, no, they've moved it on like, Wednesday, though. So it won't be dealing with the Bad Batch. Okay, but I'll be debating at the same time. Yeah, they'll be at okay. the same time, but one will be coming out on the Wednesday because he's a god of mischief. He's made it come out on the Wednesday, so you've got a reason to go to uh, Disney Plus instead of just going on a Friday when new shows come out. You can go on a Wednesday when a new show comes out. All right, okay. So that I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought Mickey would leave, I thought Mickey would leave it so they could keep people subscribed. Yeah, they are, but they keep it on different days. So I think it's the 11th. That's what I've got right now, but it may have changed. I'll take it before I'm not. I'll check. News, I think it's the 11th. It's now moved to the 9th and not the 11th. It will be on Wednesdays and not the Friday. So that is coming. Then we've got there's still no date for what if, but no, still not. Black Widow is the 9th of July, then Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings is the 3rd of September, then the Eternals, and Spider Man No Way Home the 17th. Then we've got Disney Plus, we've got Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, and what if. Uh, so we were talking before like we were going on air our Star Wars nonsense. We're, we're doing a, a massive review today. Me and Chris of of when <laughs> the, the the two girls won cup of Marvel films, and we went for the original Marvel movie, the nineteen eighty three, Marvel classic of Howard the Duck. But we'll we'll keep with our our house cleaning and our bit, and we'll go into that. So, I watched, I figured something out, or I didn't figure something out, I watched something which I never knew. Do you know Grievous from the Star Wars movies? General yeah. Grievous. General Grievous, he was the, the robot. Oh, General that Grievous, arms. Yeah. yeah. Do you know why he coughs? Uh, yes, I do, actually. Because I was watching so- that, the animated Clone Wars cartoon that was made by the guys that did 
Samurai Jack, and it's just a wee tiny throwaway line, a wee tiny throwaway thing that happened in it. And I was like, oh, that's why he coughed. That's why he was on the death ticks or something. But no, he gets his lung, his lungs crushed by 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 a uh, mace window, and that's why he has a cough. Which I never knew. Yeah, I knew that, but I've never actually looked up to see. Is, he, is it because does he have like robot lungs, or is he part human or part oh, alien? Has, that's the has, part that's always confused me. But I've never actually bothered to look up. At that time, that he was, he had all the cool insides of a of an alien, but with a robot shell because he wanted to make himself the greatest warrior. That's it. So he, he's got a human. He's got an alien heart. If you look him up, it's interesting because he gets more and more, more and more metal arms, and they're a massive thing on Count Dooku's fighting style, the parrying, and how people laughed at Count Dooku because he more fought for he fought in a style two, which was more against lightsaber to lightsaber, but people laughed at him because there were no Sith at the time, so there were no point in training that. So that's how he was. How he could beat people because he was the only he he fought in more of a fencing type style than everyone else fought in an aikido type style. There's a uh, there's a series on what's what's it called on YouTube called Star Wars Explained. Yes, I have watched that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> videos and all the different lightsaber fighting styles and different force techniques and stuff. I'm like, well, the I wish I much I wish I had that much commitment to anything to learn about something. The different stance. I've watched that, and they were talking about how the defensive stance that is what killed Qui Gon Jinn because he took a different a different stance, so his defense stance wasn't good against the two handed lightsaber, and that's yeah. how how he dies against Obi Wan. Is he takes that defensive stance and he thinks he's going to be to flip over him and stab him, but he changes his stance to the the other stance, which shows that he's learned. And dies in his arms, which is really weird and kind of creepy. Speaking of Star Wars news, have you seen the thing at uh, they're doing at the what's the, what's the place called? Is it Galaxy's Edge or whatever it is in Disney? What are they doing at Galaxy's Edge? Uh, they've got some new lightsaber technology. Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen that. I know the, the hotel, the, the one that comes out. Aye, the one that actually comes out. Like, I don't know how the hell they do that. I think it will be LEDs rolled up in a, <laughs> a, with a, a, a light pipe, so that will come out, that will roll, and the pipe will come at the same time. I don't think it will... I think it will be a nice-looking one, but I think if you hit your brother with it, Chris, it would break. That's the way I, I like to judge it, as a big brother myself. Like, <laughs> could it take Could it take a, a good a good old-fashioned smashing on like your brother's fingers? Because that's the worst. Like, like, I've been hitting the head and the chest and stuff with a with toy lightsabers, getting cracked in the ear or the fingers while lightsaber dueling is the worst <laughs> thing ever. Yep. I think I still got a toy one somewhere. No idea where the hell it is. You had a black and purple two-handed Darth Maul. I do. About. I do, but I also got I also got a green one somewhere. I don't know where the hell I ever came from. I think it came out of a charity shop or something. I, I think like one time, one, like a license one. I'm going to admit to being drunk one night, and I bought the Count Dooku because I've always, <laughs> I've always loved the, 
because I looked into it again watching that Star Wars explain thing, and they're like, he likes to have his blade a millimetre off what, what is usual, so they won't be able to judge it in a fight. And I was like, Count Dooku seems like a badass. Christopher Lee is a cool guy. And I, I think I, I've got one of them kicking about. I think it was one of the, I think it was like 60. It's just technically a torch with a, pla- with a plastic pipe you screw onto it. Right. So, are there any other comic book news of this week? I am on comic book, comicbook.com, which is probably the stupidest place. Uh, no, nothing specifically, I think. Nothing specifically I can think of apart from, I take it you've seen the new Marvel trailer. Or the one that's like a couple of minutes long, and they're like. I, like I, it's like two minutes of B roll from old. Of B-roll from old movies, and then there's a cup. Then there's like a couple of clips. I think the Eternals, Black Widow, and a couple of others. Oh yeah, they let and you know the name of Wakanda Forever and the Marvels, and the Marvels and the Eternals and Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness, and then the Fantastic Four at the very end. I, I'm. I, I would like to know if the this well Fantastic Four movie will be actually any good or not. They never seem to like get it properly. I've not got any reason to think it wouldn't be so far. But obviously that's probably going to be like it, 2024 before we even think about that coming out. Because they've got movies coming out until 2023. So you presume that's going to be yeah. like their big one. For... They've got it back. I, mean, I like what they did with it. It's even they didn't know own the rights to the films and stuff of uh, Fantastic Four. You know what they did with them? Mm-hmm. They they trapped them in the the parallel oh, that's right. thing. They just they just didn't bother using yeah. them. They're like, what's the point in fucking advertising them? Let's just <laughs> trap them in I, in there. I, was that not the same time they did the sensational or spectacular Spider Man, whatever it was, where they just had it be Spider Man, but it was Doc Ock's daughter or something? Oh yeah. I, I remember did they keep that, that, did they keep that one going? I think that kept going. I know the Superior Spider-Man came out and that was Doc Ock went in the body of Spider-Man says that he can do a better job than Spider-Man than Spider-Man than Spider-Man. What's the big deal with that? And I heard a, a re- another big Marvel rumour out which I know that it's one of the ones that will never come true but see the, the death of the black dude that was with evil Captain America. Yeah. Uh, you know the guy uh, I'm talking uh, about? Yep, why have I forgotten his name already, even though the show's only been finished for two weeks? Lamar? Hoskins. Lamar Hoskins. Hoskins. Oh, I was right, I was right with the first Death- name. Oh, good. Deathlock. We're going to, the government's going to test on his body and he's going to become Deathlock. <laughs> no. Nope. You know about Biden for the Marvel movies as they stand currently? Oh, yeah, of course. He's he's a, a half dead zombie soldier that goes and shoots people, Chris. He's a cool guy. Yeah, so I suppose, they, yeah, I suppose they've got to find someone to replace the Winter Soldier since he's been good since. Yeah. Whatever they, now. <laughs> who would you like to, like, if you were going to be picking a Marvel movie, if they're like, Chris, this is this is Mickey Mouse, we want you to make a Marvel movie. Who do you want? You're not allowed to pick a big character. Oh, not allowed, not allowed to pick a big character. You're not. You can't be like. Give me the Hulk. Give me the Hulk in fucking a hundred million. I can make a good film. Give me the Hulk a uh, hundred million in corn. That's all we need. We just need smashing metal. 
Does Ghost Rider count as major? Not really. Like he, he showed up in. I don't think people can get that right, and you can't really call it major when you you had a fucking Nicholas Cage in it. Uh, not even a Nicholas a Nicholas Cage pageant passion project that he gave up his own money and stuff like that, Chris, and was ready to go. Was ready to go full. Uh, what do you call that again? When you, you become the the thing you're playing. Fuck. Yeah, he was going to go full method and set his head on fire, you know? He was actually going to go get a demon trapped inside of him so he could get the, the full character of it. Did you not know, no, if I remember watching that properly, at one point he listens to the carpenters to get himself pumped before tricks. That does sound right, actually, yeah. <laughs> I've only seen the movie once or twice, I can't really remember, I've not. As much as I love Nicolas Cage, it's not one I've gone back and watched frequently. I know that he is not the, the topic of this movie, of this podcast, but what is your favourite Nicolas Cage? If you're going to have a top three Cage list. Hmm. Con Air. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a classic Con Air. Let me get some Nicolas Cage movies up. Yeah, that's what I'm just about to do. Oops, no, I do not want Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, I bet you, Chris, like your Nicolas Cage movies will be all the good ones and not like the ones where he covers himself in blood and screams. It'll be like the ones where he, he, face he off. was so face off is a good film, yeah. I, I like that. But you, to be fair, he's still fucking over the top as hell in that. Oh, yeah. it was before. Uh, w- just was They're both nuts in that. But the thing is, with that, Chris, with a face off. It was before it went nuts. Like all of that became a sort of pastiche and a joke. But that was the first time it was taken seriously. The doves flying about, and the the two handed pistols, and all that sort of stuff. Who was he? Who did face off again? Was, was uh, John that? Or... John Wood. I've never seen John Wood. I've never I mean, seen much of John. It was his first. It was his first. It wasn't his first American release, despite what a lot of people think. But it was his first one that actually took off. Because he's the first movie boiled. ever done in English. Um, no, no, I can't remember what his first one was, but basically he directed it, but then the studio did edited it heavily, so it's barely even a John Woo movie. Uh, let me look. I can't oh, God, John Woo did Broken Arrow. Oh, I remember that. I, I went to the cinema to see Broken Arrow. Yeah, right. that. Recent... Reason was actually really... was Hard Target maybe his first John Woo's first American film then. Hard that's the Target? earliest one. I could is that see. not? Wait, that's a that's a Steven Seagal movie. Nope, Van Damme. A Hard Target. Oh, I'm yeah. thinking of On Deadly Ground, the one where he plays an Eskimo. Oh no, that's um. Oh, so. Bitch, can't remember the name of it. I'm sure I know the one you mean. It's. Um, I'm sure he has a fist fight with. Uh... <laughs> Fuck, what's his name again? He has a, a fist fight with the guy that plays Scrooge in Muppets Christmas Carol. Michael Caine. <laughs> what, yeah. Stephen Michael Caine? Michael Caine has a, a fist fight with Steven Seagal in On Deadly Ground, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, God. Oh, and Deadly Ground, that's it. Yep, yeah, that's the name of it. Yeah, right. that's correct. 
we were talking about terrible B movies, and I watched this B movie a couple <laughs> of years ago. We are uh, with Dolph Lundgren in it, right? That doesn't matter. We don't even know B movies, right? I'll get the name. I'm sure I watched it with you. I should have watched it myself. Then was like, you know, don't need to watch this. Then I, I think I did that thing where I sat down and made sure that you two watched it. Let me see if I can get the name of it because it's it's terrible. What's it called? It's just before that. So he's a he plays a drummer in a band. A drummer. Yeah, uh, let me. I'll just look it up. He plays a. <laughs> he was in Chardonnay. He was in called... Chardonnay 04. Right. The movie's called Command Performance. And what it is, is Dolph Lundgren is a drummer of. He's like an old sort of like journeyman drummer of this wee girl's <laughs> band. And the place gets taken over by terrorists and him being a drummer who no one knows. He was also in a... He was a former biker gang in, like, Crimo. And it's pretty much, like, on deadly ground, but Dolph Lundgren being a metal drummer. And at one point, he puts drumsticks through a guy's eyes. I need to watch... I don't think... Nah, I'm sure I would remember seeing this. I'm looking at the description right now, and I'm like, there's no way I've not seen this but don't remember anything about it there's absolutely no one else knowing it at all oh no not at all I think it's one of those movies made in Russia also oh, it's a ter- it's, it just came out after the, the Expendables Expendables so he was like hot again for like five minutes ah uh, right okay No, I'm looking through the rest of the cast list to see if there was anyone else famous in it, and or at least was in anything famous, and I cannot see anything apart from one no, guy who not. played. Oh no, oh, no, the third third build guy played Pontius Pilate. Pilate. And what? In Passion of the Christ. I have never seen Passion of the Christ. You know that? Never have I. Just, just I that's that... the only one I can see on his list that I know the name of at least. All right, so do I go Bad Batch then into our main feature of Howard the Duck, the greatest movie that came out in 1986? <laughs> Is that when that came out? Oh, 86? 1986. I was like, there's no way that came out in 1986. 86, and its budget was 30 million, and it made 38 million. Fair enough. So, yeah, let's get to the Bad Batch first. Get our Star Wars out of the way. I- Fucking loved Bad Batch. Like, I was so happy to. Like, there are a couple of things I don't know, like because I know my my Bad Batch love goes a wee bit deeper than yours. Like, did you notice that? Uh, that the little Padawan with a big deep voice was Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> yeah, I did notice. It doesn't really sound like a, however old he's meant to be, like nine years old or something. <laughs> nine years old with a testicles must have been. Already like, singing, maybe, already maybe singing like, in a bass voice. Yeah, maybe that's like he like he is an alien because they're not humans in Star Wars. He's just look. 
maybe his race, Chris, all sound like that <laughs> from birth. They're all born with like full adult voice. That's I actually had to look. Up, I actually had to look up. I had to look up who the kid was because I didn't know. Because I never. I mean, I did watch Rebels, but I never. Yeah, you know, I didn't take extensive notes on it, so I didn't realise that it's meant to be Kanan. I knew it was Kanan because of the voice. Then I looked it up after. Yeah, I probably because I probably I should like, have the voice. To be fair, because I was like, why? Why does that eight-year-old, that Padawan, which is usually between the ages of five and twelve? Have like a, a full on like deep mad voice. Yeah, cause I thought I thought, thought there was gonna be more part there. I thought more of the episode was gonna be about them trying to hunt him down. But no, apparently not. They just go off to Camino and go. Yeah, no. fuck it. He's still alive. Hopefully, no one finds out. Nothing will come of this in the future. No. Let's Spoiler go. alert: someone finds out. <laughs> yeah, someone finds out and. He trains someone else, and he grows a beard. Loses his vision, I think. Hmm? He, he grows no, a beard. See, I watched Rebels, but I've never watched Clone Wars, so I don't really know much about the Bad Batch. Like, I'm presuming they were in Rebels, not uh, not Rebels, uh, Clone Wars. Do you want me to give you a quick, a quick sort of uh, the, give myself the in the Yeah, they are. A group that they tested, the communos tested on, and thought what would happen if we turned up like certain aspects of the of Django Fett's personality. Like we made him a lot more. Like he was only really, really good at hunting. This guy is good at exploding, and they're named after Clone Ninety Nine, who was a problem clone. If you know what I mean, he was a. I can't remember the word they used for it. It was he was a fucked up clone. Pretty much defective. Defective, yeah. That's the word they keep throwing about. He was a defective clone. So that's what ninety nine are. Clone Force ninety nine are defective clones. So <laughs> another thing that I, I wanted to mention about this, right? I always think of Star Wars. I think of a fantastic science fiction adventure, right? But the idea for the go, oh. we're going to get rid of the clones because we can't really afford it. The budget <laughs> isn't real. We're going to try to build a Death Star, so our budget doesn't really call for these <laughs> anymore. Yeah, we got yeah we got a giant space to construct. You know, we can't really afford this genetic cloning anymore. Sorry, bureaucracy and red tape. You know, the council's only got so much of a budget. Yeah, the emperor. None, none of the roads in Tatooine are going to get fixed anytime soon. Because the thing with that is, what there were there there's two things. One that the newer clones don't have aren't as effective because they don't have as much Django fat in them because they're kind of that's run no, out due to the fact Django's been dead. So like they're mixing it. If you class it like the fifty fifty in the council of, of clones, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I was, gonna, I was thinking that's. I was thinking there. How, how does that not work? But I was like, I oh, don't actually know. I think about it. DNA actually is a really short half life outside the human body. Yeah, there you go. That's why. That's why it's unlikely we'll ever clone dinosaurs because we don't have any valid DNA. And I'm pretty sure. And I'm pretty sure the mosquitoes trapped in amber thing is bullshit. Oh, that is bullshit. But could they not use like? Is it not like fucking chickens or something like that? It was or lizards or frogs. 
in the in Jurassic Park, yeah, they used they've used frogs to fill in the missing parts, specifically hermaphrodite that- frogs who could change sex. Yeah, so, so this is a, a they spared no expense. We could have, you know, well. <laughs> yeah, look, is it just me? Like, I know, like, like, I worry a lot, Chris, but see if you're like, oh, we've got a big island and we've cloned hundreds of dinosaurs, nothing will go wrong. You're like, no, if people are going to get eaten, like, this, I've seen blackfish, this is like, this got to be worse than blackfish. To be fair, that's why they did it, and like that's why they did it on some island off the coast of like Mexico or somewhere where there's no where the regulations are a bit more lax. They tried yeah. to do that. They tried to do that set in like fucking Upper New Hampshire or somewhere in the US. They wouldn't. They never get away with it. Millport. Right, that's... <laughs> Go put them on fucking Millport. I think the water over there. Could a T Rex? Could a T Rex walk from Mill, Millport over to over to over to Largs? Maybe. Well, it's, I'm sure I've cycled around it. So, um, how's your mum not swum it? Uh, no, she swam the Clyde years ago. Yeah, I think she's done it twice. Actually, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure she's done it twice. Yeah, just there and back, Chris, because she didn't want to be stuck in fuck in Helen's room. <laughs> Just, just see, the, just see the, just see the T Rex paddling across, flapping its wee arms. <laughs> Can dinosaurs swim? Is that a thing? I'm sure. I'm, I'll ask. I'll ask Al from the from the RP club. I'm sure he knows the answer to that, and I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. Some of them can swim. They, they are swimming dinosaurs, but I mean, whether they like swimming or not, you never know. They could be like some dogs. So they just don't like swimming. Yeah. Can monkeys swim? Can monkeys swim? Yeah. Did you think? Can monkeys swim? I was always told their heads were yeah. too heavy. Yeah, the, yeah, monkeys must be able to. I've never, seen, I've never looked at my video or anything, but I'm ninety percent sure they must be able to. I'm only going by an episode of Quantum Leap that absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Sam jumped into a body of a monkey and rescued someone by swimming along and and taking them out. And they were all confused because monkeys couldn't swim. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, and as, I, as you know, I get most of my information from watching Quantum Leap. Yeah, you get you get yours for. <laughs> oh, apparently most monkeys cannot swim. But apparently, proboscis monkeys have an unusual trait seen not seen in many other species. Of monkey they can swim using their oh. partially webbed toes and fingers. They are able to escape predators. Right, cross rivers monkeys can, some monkeys can swim or some monkeys some cannot monkey can. yep but if, people if I can't swim yeah I have web toes so if Sam Beckett leapt into the monkey it could swim then though yeah so as long as it's a proboscis monkey yeah apparently so I really or about every other species can I really enjoyed quantum loop I always remember they keep saying that they're going to bring it back but I don't think we should. Did they ever? Did they ever? Did they ever finish it off? TV series. I'm sure you've answered this for me before. Did they ever make a finale where oh, he actually got home? Oh no! Or did the they make finale, like a TV movie? What the finale was was he jumped to hell and was talking to the devil behind the bar, and he jumped back into Al's body when Al was a pilot. He jumped into someone's body and told Al's wife that Al will be back. That he's not going to be 
that he's not lost in space, he'll be back. Then Al's wife never left him. So because Al's wife never left him, he never joined the space force to help help Sam. And so Sam never had a bo- someone a voice to help him. And Sam just leaped helping until he died. So he's basically so basically, so basically, Sam turns into time traveling Jesus. Then, yeah, he's time traveling Jesus. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, I'm sure that won't he get any comments. In, <laughs> he jumped into Doctor Ruth at one point in an episode. Oh fuck! So he did. That's right. Did he not do Rosa Parks as well? Oh yeah, like back sure in the someone. I'm sure he spin kicked someone with Rosa Parks. Did he, oh, did he not do Kiss as well? Did he not jump into Gene Simmons or one of the members of Kiss or something? Or was that just, or was it just a random rock star who was meant to be Kiss? A band very much like Kiss. <laughs> then there were the, the special... Similar to about Lady Jones. Yeah. Miss. A Kiss. A smooch. Oh, good. He jumped into uh, Lee Harvey Oswald in an episode also. Then there were an episode due to Lightning That's when right. he leaked. He jumped into Al's body and Al was the leaper for an episode. <laughs> oh, God's sakes. Picture we're going to be doing a deep dive oh. in Quantum Loop at some point where you're going to force me to watch all of it now. Right. They I do enjoy Quantum Loop. I don't remember as much of it. Now that I think about it, I remember more of it than I do than I thought I did right enough. Oh, yeah. It was a Thursday night. It was the only, I know this sounds really silly. We were in primary five or six and it was the only time I was allowed to stay up past 10 o'clock was to watch Quantum Leap. That was the night. My mum would go to bingo, my dad would watch me, and I would get to watch Crystal Maze from 8 till 9, then Quantum Leap 9 until 10, and that was my week. That was my favourite thing all week. Do you remember being a dumb kid and actually thinking that some of the people in Crystal Maze actually got trapped there? Or that the kids in yeah. Nightmare actually died? Well, you used to you know, like... the kids from Nightmare walk away, Christy, but in... But if you you were fucked, like how long? Did oh, that that's right. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. They got rescued at the end of the episode, didn't they? Because I love Nightmare. Do you know that they were at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival a couple of years ago? They brought back Traeger and stuff. You put on a helmet. Ah, and you, walked in, you walked into a green screen room, and he had to talk you through. And there were all these actors and stuff that was there to help you. Okay, who needs? Okay, who needs the Star Wars Star Wars Galaxies experience when we can experience Nightmare on a green screen in real life? Because I'm sure Irish Andy was trying to get me to go to it. Like, he was totally into it. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see what we can do. And just, I, I if, I happened, if I happened to be in the area, I'd probably go, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't make an effort for it. Yeah, travel, because getting up to Edinburgh and getting back to Edinburgh through that fringe is a fucking nightmare. It was a hard thing to do. Yeah, it's and, pretty nightmarish. I've only ever been, I've actually only ever been up twice during the fringe in my whole life, surprisingly. I went up, a, I go up, like, I try to go up and see something. I've never actually been to a show, I've literally just been up to Edinburgh during the Fringe and just wandered about the streets, watched all the free shit, all the weirdos that turn, like, all the folks that come over from other places, camp big venues and just perform in the street. Um, I went up to, because they had, remember they had a music festival thing, they had a, I can't remember, it was Tea in the something, Tea in the Fringe, and I, yeah, I, went, right, and seen, yeah. I went and seen Death Tones at that. I remember hearing about that. I don't, don't definitely didn't go to it though. I went and seen. I think it was Soulwax, too many DJs, and fuck, who's that band that everyone thinks is the greatest band ever? I'll go back to you in a second. Oh, 
Not till then. No. Uh, it'll come up in a second. Oh, okay. LC. I was going to say, like, through the memory banks. No, I, I knew that there was a song called Daft Punk Playing at My House. So. <laughs> so, uh, right, do you want to go on to. Do you want to go on to the main event, Chris? Of... I was going to say, I think, I, think, I think we've covered pretty much all the news we have for this week, haven't we? Nothing else. Marv, about the Marvel trailer. Yeah. Bad Bat. Bad Bat. Uh, pretty much really good. Now became the, the Star Wars version of the A Team. I mean, I don't know. We can probably do a quick five minute final thoughts on Invincible, since we haven't covered the last two episodes of that yet. Hi, pretty good. <laughs> I've. Loved it. I liked the wee end of it. The music seemed from about ten years ago and it was a wee bit out of place. Well it had like some I think it had the vines or something playing. Is that who it was? Okay. But uh, but I, it kinda sets up it sets up everything for next season. Like the dad fucks off. You see Alan the Alien again. I know he's a favourite of yours. Doctor Scythe, yeah. you see under the ground. You see the guy <laughs> the guy trapped on Mars. Oh yeah, that's right. The alien parasites that. Yeah, you see uh, that big lion guy. Yeah. I can't remember. Can I remember what happened to the big lion guy? Oh, oh and the stone. Uh, stone. Oh, I just walked off. Okay, and stone guy is now the head of the criminal organization. Yeah. The, the, and, the back, I don't even know. If that, that's probably the battle beast. That was it. Because of course, every character in that name is like completely generics. Superhero villain name. So, also, like, this is Image, right? And at some points in Image, Sam and Twitch shows up in this comic, and so does Savage Dragon and Brit. Do you think they'll show up in this? Or do you think that they won't let them? How far, how far are you in with the comics now? I know you've got the Compedium now, don't you? I'm that covers 1 to 70. That, that covers 1 to so, 70, 1 to 75, with some special issues, doesn't it? Yeah. I've not even started oh, reading it, Chris. Did someone remind me about, I've got, about what happens in episode 110? I'm like, oh, that's going to be fun to get into the show. What happens in 110? <laughs> well, I'll, 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 tell you, I'll tell you off screen. Don't want to spoil it for anyone that might actually listen to this. It's the, it's the kind of thing that you never really show in graphic detail on TV or in movies because it's disturbing as hell. Oh, that means that they're going to be a sexual assault mm-hmm. of some sort then? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I won't tell you. Walking... Yeah, that's pretty much what the Walking Dead is, is it not? You're like, yeah, the monster. I I know this might sound deep. The monsters out there, but aren't we the real monsters? Ah, to be fair, the Walking Dead, you kind of expected that to happen at some point, but you're, then you're looking yeah. at this cartoon. And you're like, hmm. Because that seems like the first Walking, thing. Walking you're like... Dead, you know, Walking Dead has established that tone. Invincible is more just kind of ultra violent. But still, kind of you know, yeah. fairly comedic at t- most of the time. Apart from, that, the end of that, apart from the end of that episode, which was fucking hard hitting. When, uh, when JK Simmons just says to him, "It's all right, I can always make a new son." And it's just like, yeah. oof, oh, punch it, oh, right in the gut. That might be coming. I'm sure he might get a brother at one point. I can't remember if he does in the comics or not. I've not read them for a long time, and I don't know how far I got. I, 
he does. His his brother he gets a brother when his dad goes to a a weird land and fucks a bug. <laughs> he gets a half bug brother. Or something like that. So do you want to go straight on to him or the duck? Yep, let's, yep, let's get in. Let's get into our proper subject here. What you talking about? Do you want me to go on the back history first, then we'll go into the film? Right. How did Duck first originally showed up in Adventures into Fear, 19 and 1973? He was created by Steve Gerber and artist Val Merritt. But Steve Gerber is the name you got to really watch because he he was very... He loved Howard the Duck. Like he made sure. Did you hear what he did in the nineties with Howard the Duck, which was one of the funniest, evilest things I've ever heard? It seems like a sort of arsehole move that me and you would do. What was the, his, the what was his name again? Right. Steve Gerber, G E R B E. Oh, Steve Gerber, or the, or the actual creator. Sorry, I thought you were talking yeah. about whoever. Thought you were talking about the guy that wrote them after him, because they had a couple no. of people who wrote them after him. But they kept bringing him back once in a while. And they let him yeah, do. Yeah. They let him. I know this has got nothing to do with it. I just love this idea. They let him do. Uh, it was Spider Man and Howard the Duck, and they were doing an episode with an image character called like Dead Eye Duck or something like that, right? In in the Dead Eye in the Image comic, Dead Eye Duck throws a, a clone of Howard the Duck back into the Marvel thing. So they're saying that everything that that Marvel do after that isn't the original Howard the Duck, because Steve's duck is actually in an image. So it's okay that whatever they do, because it's not really Howard the Duck. But I just thought that was quite clever. But oh so, yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm just seeing that in first half of 1978. Now Gerber filed a copyright infringement lawsuit against Marvel and parent company Cadence alleging he was the sole owner of the character. As you know, anything you draw for Marvel is Marvel's. It's left many a fucking comic writer and comic artist penniless over the years. Like, many a people... In, it, yeah, but presumably, presumably Gerber, for someone who wrote that kind of material, he was probably, seems like he was quite up in law and stuff and wouldn't be dumb enough to take a work for a higher contract. Cause how many people is that fucked over? And also... Well, I know everyone loves Stan Lee, but Stan Lee pretty much fucked everyone over. And he was like, with me, I created everything. He probably just walked into a room and says, we need an R superhero. And that was pretty much it. Uh, then, like, well, someone that, would... well, Kirby, well, Kirby was the big one. The, the Kirby... Well, Bill Finger also. Bill Finger uh, yep. ended up like, yep. death, destitute, did they not? Did he not end up dying poor and not want to talk about comics and stuff? I'm sure I watched a documentary about Bill Finger. Yeah, there was a couple of them. There was because um, there was a, like there was a big when I think it was when was it when Captain America got big? They wanted to like fans started like an online campaign to get Jack Kirby recognized because they weren't going to put his name in the credits or something yeah, like that. Then they they did that for Batman versus Superman. They put Bill Finger's name in it because they die rather than just a uh, sequel. Yeah, they brought back his grand his granddaughter went to the film and all that and was crying. But yeah, it was yeah. Because... What we're saying is, yeah. So I, it wasn't a good place to work back then. Marvel just take it off. So 
Howard was really was massive social satire, and everything oh, I, was yeah. it was a part, It was kind of metafiction, and like he slagged off. Like he talked to the did he talk to the camera? Like talk to talk to the audience and stuff. Not that I'm, not that I remember. He does, He probably does at some point, but it's not like one of his big traits. I read a few of the comics, as you know, to prepare for this. So, it was most of the jokes at the time. Is I can't. I'm just reading about him because I, I jumped into it quite a lot. He also ran for president yep, in 1976. Yeah, but, you read yeah, the before he had before he, he wore pants, Chris. Is that Marvel, Walt Disney sued them in 1977, saying that his visual cues were too close to Donald Duck, and they wanted him <laughs> to wear pants. And they sent them a redesign, saying that could they not wear pants? Because what would happen would be, within in our country, they would just change the name, it would just say Duck, and people would get confused over Donald Duck and Howard the Duck. Yeah, well, what was the one... What was I thinking about there? Uh, well, you're talking about satire. The first time he ever meets Spider-Man, he's fighting a villain called Pro-Rata. Oh, pro- Pro-Rata, who believes, that, who, 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 who believes that the key to conquering the universe is through accountancy. And he's looking for the missing key from his, like, from his mystic calculator. So he can budget the universe properly. It's absolutely ridiculous. Bad guy, not like it's got a giant bell on his head, and he just yeah, tries to fight yeah, Doctor Bond. Doctor Bond just fights him because he really fancies his girlfriend, and that's the only reason why he's a bad. <laughs> Pretty much, yep. I don't actually got read so, any of the Doctor Bond comics, but I did read some of the early ones. Like I read the one where he, the issues where he meets Beverly for the first time, who is also in the film. Yeah. Under the comics, she's Please. more of a Mary Jane type. She's a what so, is it? She's a part time, part time like she's a what do you call those people like they pose for life paintings, like a models, like a model, like model. A model. Yeah, a life model. Yeah. That's it. That's like her side gig. But she's got rather than being in a band called Cherry Bomb, which is yeah. so. And the comments that you show. He was originally just a throw-in gag, Chris. You know that, like the idea of like just man thing, and they're like, "Let's have a fucking duck in a suit just hanging out there, and we'll never use him again." But people really liked him; they kept writing him back. And Marvel kept trying to get them to kill him off, and then they kept trying <laughs> to bring him back. Yeah, yeah, I read that. It's like basically, became such even from just that one appearance, he was such a fan favorite. Because it's just, it's just so. <laughs> So bizarre. So yep. as we're talking about this, this is a bizarre character, right? He's a he's a three foot duck man who doesn't have any powers. Is just sarcastic. Knows duck foo. Yep. What made that? Because if you were sitting in, if you just made fucking Star Wars, and you're like, what can we do next? We can make any <laughs> film you want. Let's go to the Marvel Universe. Who do you want? Why would you pick Howard the Duck? Like, what? Why Howard? You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea. It was, I don't know, like, 
of all the characters George Lucas thinks to adapt, he's like, I want the talking duck. Right. He actually... As I say, someone, someone on the phone obviously at least must have at least glanced over the comics because there's some stuff in there that's actually fairly comic accurate. Gloria Katz. What? Right, so I was just reading to the people that it said here that uh, Lucas attended college with people that made this movie. Then it says Lucas told these the two people to read Howard the Duck, poem written by that described the movie yeah, is very funny. Willard's Huck and Gloria Katz, I'm gonna guess are the two. Yeah. And Lucas thought this would he wanted to make it into a, a cartoon and thought it would be funny. He thought it was funny. Why won't other people find it funny? So that was his idea. Let's make it a cartoon. But it was nineteen eighty six. They wanted a summer movie. Like people aren't going to go see a cartoon. We need an action thing. Around that time Star Wars, Ghostbusters. There were big that was when summer blockbuster was a thing. So they're yep. like, let's make this a summer blockbuster. It's got George Lucas. He prints money. So the film was optioned by Universal after the partnership, but yes. Bobby Tarr for Howard the Duck and the past and previous projects was Lucas involved. But this one was successful. And the production was Peter James. I'm just seeing if there are any the development. They wrote the script. They kept to the they wanted the strong emphasis on special effects rather than the satire. Aye, so they kind of... which explains the whole thing about the alien overlords at the end then, rather than focusing on... I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the, don't get me wrong, the evil overlords are probably something that would have come up in the comics at some point. I've not read any of those issues. But it wouldn't surprise they, me. But... The script significantly altered the personality of the title character and played the story straight. Seeing all the adverts beforehand, let's see if you watch all the trailers, you never see Hibbert the Duck. You only see a feather tan. They wanted to make sure that the only time you ever seen Hibbert the Duck was when you went to the cinema. So they were kind of holding that. Oh, okay. Which I thought was quite funny. Lucas proposed adapting this movie following the production of American Graffiti in 1973. After multiple production differences and mixed response from testing, Hubbard the Duck was released to theatres on August 1st, 1986. Upon its release, the film was critical and commercial failure and criticised for its humour, performance, inconsistent tone, appearance of the title character, the special effects, and the soundtrack was praised. One of the guys that did the soundtrack was John Barry, who won an Oscar for the Bond movie themes. Yep, there was but, some good, uh, some good. There were some good people that worked on this. I mean, it's got a lot. I mean, it's the main, the main actress, and it's from back. Is it Back to the Future? She was in. Yeah, she played Mark McFly's mum. I think. Was it the mum or the sister? I can't remember. You're I probably right. Mum was. Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Yep. She played. She was in Red Dawn, but she is known for Lauren Baines in the Back to the Future movie. Is that so? That. So Lauren Baines is is that Marty's girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Marty's girlfriend it wasn't his sister or his mum. No, it's not. She is married to George McFly, mother of Marty, Linda, and Dave. She's the oldest 
so she is Marty McFly's mum. Oh, that's right. Ah, yeah, she plays the younger version of her in high school in the first yeah. movie. That's right. She she plays older. She plays the older one too because it's easier to make someone look older than it is to make them look younger. Chris. Uh, that's so true. Hence, hence why there's a big hence why we've got all these production studios now trying to do the de aging process. Yeah, in some yes, kind. I, I did watch the Irishman. That was that what it was called? That was a bit odd. That was all right. It's six hours long, but it was. So let me let me like go through the movie here. Right, I've got the plot up. How did Duck get <laughs> a twenty-seven year old, a twenty-seven year old that lives in Duck World, planet similar to Earth? But how is it anamorphic ducks? Alexa, stop. <laughs> Sorry. Anamorphic ducks. It's obtained by twin. It's orbited by twin moons. As reading Play Duck magazine in his living room in his armchair, suddenly propels him through the apartment building, which you see are uh, duck boobies, which is gets you right into the film right away. You see duck boobies in a bath. You know, Chris, that's that's when it's going to get good. You just <laughs> So, Howard eventually gets fired out of space and ends up landing on Earth in Cleveland in 1986. Upon arriving, he encounters a woman being attacked by thugs. Another weird thing about the thugs, it's like multicultural thugs. Just goth-looking fellows just want to beat people up. They're okay that they're a duck. Like, see, if we were hanging out and we were, like, sitting up the annex or down the waterfront and just... A three foot five duck. Do you think we would run away? Do you think we would have been like, "Oh, there's a fucking duck"? Probably, probably the latter. As I imagine. Yeah, we would have been cool with the duck. Yeah, that's so, the thing. I like to think so. Man, woman, child, black, white. Race isn't a problem for us. Neither is anthropomorphic ducks. Maybe Cleveland is that multicultural. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I've never been to Cleveland. No. I hear it's nice. So, Howard encounters a woman being attacked by thugs, and he defends her using his unique style of martial arts. Quack you want to cover that guy? Quack foo. The woman introduces <laughs> herself as Beverly Switzer and decides to take Howard to her apartment and let him spend the night. Which is a weird, like, she kisses him, and, like, I think they're lovers in the comic. Is that right? They do eventually, yes, they eventually do become lovers and get married in the comic. Then later on they get divorced. But they're just, they're, just, they're just kind of good friends initially because they're both kind of, you know, like she's kind of between jobs, as we say. He's obviously a duck who can't find work in a human world. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're very the same. One's between jobs and is in the other <laughs> one. <laughs> the other one's an unemployable duck. <laughs> Oh, God. Probably get hired before both of us, Chris. Like, I think if me and you turned up at a job and Howard the Doctor, like, hey, look, it's, hey, look at someone, hey, look at someone who didn't, who, who's graduated in philosophy and has, <laughs> has an ability to hold down a full time job. I feel a deep personal connection to Howard after reading his background. <laughs> Can you relate to this guy? Yeah, you're more really much Howard the more than I do most of the other superheroes, actually. Yeah, because. No powers, his powers is just sarcasm and seeing through things, and he's usually fairly drunk, so works out well. Yeah, with a heart of gold, also remember that. Oh, follow night, Beverly takes 
Go ahead, what you Phil a scientist who Beverly hopes that can help Howard get that, played by Oscar Winnie, Tim Robbins. Yeah, I think that's Tim Robbins first film. Do you know what the stupid the part that got me on rewatching this? What? The fact that she takes him to him to try and figure out how to get him back home. He's he's a paleontologist. It's not like he's a nuclear scientist or something. It's it's just he's a doctor that works in a museum, Chris. Like he'll know something. She's like, this is the only smart person I know. Let's take him to him. Like how many things that your mum being a nurse that people just went to with all our medical like issues, like from like fucking broken toes to cancer, they'll just be like, Rona, I need a hand, and she's like, uh, this is some sort of thing. So they just say you're a nurse or a doctor. Like, even if you're a doctor, like becoming a, a doctor of science, people will still want you to have a look at their lump on their foot. Just how things go. Right, so where was I? Following day, he takes it to go to development. A scientist who believe who hopes. Does he not have a fucking poster? And it shows you, like, this is what happens if we came from ducks instead of humans. It came from apes instead of... Yeah, it's not on the wall, but yeah, it kind of fades out. It's like, it's a picture of, like, the human evolution chart. And then they say, then it basically fades kind of into ducks instead. Like, imagine what happened if, you know, waterfowls were the dominant species. Yeah. So after Phil is revealed to be only a janitor, Howard resigns himself to life on Earth and rejects Beverly's aid. Soon applies for a job as a janitor at a local romance bar, but is eventually quits and rejoins Beverly, who plays in a band called Cherry Bomb. At the club where Cherry Bomb is performing, Howard comes across their manager and confronts him when he insults the band and a fight breaks out, which Howard wins. Howard rejoins Beverly backstage after the band's performance and accompanies her back to her apartment, where Beverly persuades him to become the new band manager, the two flirt, but are interrupted by Blumbert and two of his colleagues who are revealed to be a laser spectroscope, a laser stethoscope, which is inviting with the aim at Howard's planet to transport him back to from Earth when it was activated. The series that Howard can be sent back to his world through a, a reversal of the same process. Upon the arrival... Upon the arrival in the laboratory, the laser stethoscope malfunctions and activates the raising possibility of something also being transported to Earth. At this point, Dr. Walter Jennings is possessed by a life form. Dr. Walter Jennings, Chris? Yep, yep. We're not, yeah, I think we're just, we're just not going to touch the casting here with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> we're not going to talk about Jeffrey Jones? <laughs> no. Um... Right. Yeah, let's go. Let's go through that. Anyone that wants to look him up can feel free. Yeah, this is this is going to be a fun episode about Howard the Duck, not Jeffrey Jones. So yes. upon the library, so he gets a fucking monster in him, which is weird. Then this from this bit feels goes on for like an hour of this movie. Yeah, I know that was this... a bit when I was rewatching this. I was like, it gets to the diner scene. Which is also yeah. bizarre because all the diner staff are wearing like oriental headbands, but it's just yeah, an American like diner. There's, there's absolutely nothing to, uh, Japanese about this diner apart from the fact they all wear these headbands. I'm like, what is the point in this? Well, they mind you, you do see ducks hanging up in the background of the shop at one point, so they must. This must be an American diner that serves Peking duck. Is there one Asian dish apparently? <laughs> and everyone in the place was just like fucking cool just to murder them. 
As soon as you walked yeah, in, they're all like, we enjoy duck, we're going to murder you. It does. So, and I know, like, I don't pay attention to much, but I think if, like, one of my friends or someone about me was possessed by an evil demon, like, I, I would hope to think that if the overlord, overlord of the universe, the evil overlord of the universe was inside you, Chris, I would notice. I would hope so. Yeah, I would. So I mean, in, fairness, in fairness, the transformation starts off kind of slow. It's not like he, it's not like he goes off full on exorcist straight away. But it's bizarre. the whole thing is bizarre. Like that diner scene is really because he introduces himself there and describes what he has mental powers by destroying the table, utensils, and condiments. Fighting through where a group where a group of truckers in the diner insult Howard, capture him, and almost kill him in the diner where they're going to cut him up and eat him. Howard locates Phil and is arrested for his presence. Yeah, do they not fucking feel him up and stuff and make him strip off? <laughs> yep. Not, like, which, which, a bit odd. which, by the way, comic accurate. Really? Yep. Happen, happens happens in the comics. There's literally one of the first, scene, like the second issue of his own series. That happens. He gets arrested and the cops strip him down. <laughs> Down to like he's completely naked and they try to find a zipper and can't find one. But then instead of keeping him arrested, they just let him go because no one wants to, none of the cops want to admit they arrested a duck. So they just boot him out and give him his clothes back and send him on his way. At which point you, it cuts to Transylvania. Oh no, sorry, is it Transylvania? Let me just check. It doesn't say where it is. Oh. But it's it cuts to somewhere, and you find out you meet Hellcow at that point. Well, Hellcow is not. Hellcow is a cow that was bitten by Dracula, and has a thirst for blood. Right, I'm going to have to Google <laughs> Hellcow and let Marvel explain it. And then, actually, quite sweet. Well, I say quite sweet. Howard ends up killing him. Like the cops show up and just see Howard fighting this Hellcow and refuse to believe it's going on. They just go, "Do you know what?" This is none of our business and walk away. All right, Bessie, better known as Hellcow, the yep, sexual character, showed up in Giant Size Man Thing of 1975. Wait, that, oh, so wait, oh, wait, so the Hellcow appeared in an, in an earlier comic? In 19, yeah, she showed up in a uh, Giant Size Man Thing. Oh, okay. She, I thought this was, a, I thought know, this was Bessie's only appearance in the comics. She's also reappeared in the last 10 years and teamed up with Deadpool. <laughs> of course. And so, as, as you know, that I always enjoy trying to read these out, Chris. Circa 19, uh, 1675, Bessie, a, a domesticated cow living in a Swiss farm, became the prey of Count, Count Dracula, who was unable to find any humans that night to feed on. Bessie seems to die. And upset Hans, her owner, lays her to rest. Unbeknownst to Hans, Hesse has become an undead monster cow called Hellcow. Raised from her grave some three nights later, she's in search for revenge for on Dracula. Present day, Howard the Duck is investigating deaths of four farmers in Ohio. Howard concludes that the pet room must be a chicken. Later in the wee hours of the morning, he disguises himself as a human, and Hellcow notices him and lunges at him. Scuffle commences and Howard prevails and drives a stake through the heart of the apparent ending the array of terror. 
However, Hilkerm did not die. Her head was oh, still hell. intact. Her corpse, recovered by an insane scientist, Dr. Kilgore, revives her, imprisons Hilker, and collects her vampire milk, which he believes can exploit to cure tuberculosis <laughs> and also give to attain uh, immortality. When the plan does not fully work, Kilgore abducts Deadpool and extracts his hypothesis. Extracts his hypothesis. Kilgore digests it, so it gives him the power of self-healing that Deadpool has. However, the mixture of Hellcow's milk and Deadpool's glands in Kilgore's body goes awry, driving him even more crazy. The vampire cow and the mercenary joins forces. Yep. Uh, Hellcow turns Deadpool into a vampire temporarily. Both of them use their vampire powers to get rid of Kilgore from the world permanently. Deadpool oh, and Hellcow escape from Kilgore's abode. Leighton insisted to burn it to a crisp as it's daytime. Deadpool travels back to the previous comic book panel and after a few tries, saves Hellcow from dying and retrieving her. Hellcow has also appeared in Spider-Man Deadpool as a member of Deadpool Inc., a group of characters Deadpool recurs to steal and sell abandoned shield technology. She is now incapable of walking upright and mostly a human figure, barring her head. So she's still about, and oh, oh, that's brilliant. There we go. That is the story of Hellcow. One of... <laughs> so I one thing I I never wanted to do again, but I feel that people that actually message me about it is when we read whatever a Frank Miller story, <laughs> read the, <laughs> read the <laughs> Frank Miller synopsis, which I never want to ever do again. <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 just do not bring up Frank Miller. Don't bring, if you want to do that, just don't bring up Frank Miller the person. Just bring up the comics. Yeah. So, I've got the the trivia that I found on IMDb, and it says in Twitter comment, Leah Thompson confirmed that she still has the Les Paul. Let's see if there's anything else interesting. How the duck made. He also like this is what I mentioned that he, he showed up in Guardians of the Galaxy. Exactly twenty day twenty eight years and one one day after Howard the Duck's theatrical release. What was what was that? Sorry, I missed that part. Right, so Stephen Gardens the Galaxy came out. Yep. It was exactly twenty eight years and one day since the original Howard the Duck movie came out. Oh, right. So so the so the so the appearance of him in the after credits was just like kind of a wee Sort of nod, and it was voiced then by Seth Green in the, huh. which I thought was quite interesting because he shows up again in Guardians of the Galaxy too, doesn't he? Very yeah, briefly. Set up bar. We, I think he talks about doing it, doing it duck style or something like that. He says something. I think he says he can go all night or some something like incredibly crude. And kind of amusing at the same time. And you're like, oh, cool. So he also has, do you know that he has the power to, he's also got like an Iron Duck outfit that he stole from Tony Stark, so he can become, but it just does look like if he's wearing like cans of soup and stuff like that. Yeah, it seems to be, yeah, from what I've read, it seems to be a bit like Deadpool. In the comics. But Deadpool. Except Deadpool breaks the fourth wall and has superpowers, Howard the Duck has none. See, oh, what I was reading, right, and they were saying that 
the character of I, I brought him up to you a couple of days ago. Oh fuck! What's the DC comic character that's got bald head and wears like a red glass? And is it Spider Jerusalem? Yes. They were saying Spider Jerusalem is the modern day Heaven the Duck because he he puts a mirror onto the world and that's what the original Heaven the Duck done because they took him from being like a sarcastic like mirror to the world to just being pure parody where you'd see him like with Spider Ham and stuff like that it became more of a joke character because at the time they'd be like oh let's make it Ghostbusters and put Heaven the Duck in it and call it like Ghost Duckers like yeah. it just became a straight parody of like things instead of like being like social commentary like they took him away from that and just was like oh it's funny we can laugh at a duck instead of saying because the whole point of it was it was like this is out of a whole world of superheroes and stuff it's a duck who's the most human technically <laughs> in the in the most down to earth character yep. is a three foot surly duck that because you know, of... how stupid the world is. Yeah, that that's the sort of. Oh, the end game, apparently. Uh, what? Apparently, appears at the end of Endgame. Apparently, oh, yeah, he's brought with the... yeah, he's brought with the Ravage Turf to join the final battle against Thanos. I don't yeah, remember that. Big... I, you got to be staring at the. You yeah, that is, is it that where like everyone appears and you have to kind of. Pause it and go up, do like a frame by frame recap to catch everyone that's in it. Yeah, and you just see him come out, and that's it. He just comes out with a big gun. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to try and rewatch Endgame just to catch that bit now. And apparently, in 2018, Leah Thompson said she was going to Marvel to pitch a new Howard the Duck movie and hope to direct it. Look, people would look. Uh... Seth Bean wants to do it also. I'm sure they wanted to do an animated one of it. He's yeah, also in an episode. I quite, I quite like the look of them they've done for the films. I quite like, I quite like a live action version of again if they can do it right. The, with the red suit and the, the Chris, they've, they've just technically turned. What's what was that comic that we went and seen in Glasgow? Oh, the American one that swears a lot. I can't remember his name. Comic book movie? back to me. No, we went and seen uh, a stand-up. Oh, American uh, comic. Doug Stanhope? Yeah. The, he's technically, now, like, with, like, the way he was dressed and stuff and the voice and stuff, he's technically a Doug, Doug Stanhope. But the oh. way they've, they've got his character, like, he's sort oh. of, like, Less Yeah, but he's got that sort of like he's pissed off, but he's smart, but he's kind of a dick at the same time. I think it works. I could have turned that into a horrible pun there. You you could have turned that into a horrible pun. Oh, oh, nah, I'm not going there. Oh, sorry, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just skipping through the comics a bit to try and remember some of the other stuff that some of the other ones that I read. He also showed up in the. Do you That's remember like the, the Ultimate Spider-Man animated series that came out a couple of years ago? I uh, never watched it, but I heard of it. 
Yeah, you that's sure? right. That's right. There's a psychic eight root in this comic that he that ends up possessing a guy and. What? Well, I've yeah, never went into this. <laughs> uh, two seconds. I'll fight. I'll I'll have to skip forward again. I ended up going right the way back again because I've gone because I've gone back past Pro Rata, the accountant. Right. It said here that Hulu intended to air an animated series to be written and produced by Kevin Smith and Dave Willis. Howard would be teaming up with Modoc, Hitmonkey, Tigra, and Dazzler. In an animated offender special in January 2020, they announced that the Duck Series was cancelled, making it unlikely now. Oh no, that's right. I oh. feel kind of a giant size man thing because that's right. That wasn't that wasn't her first solo comic. It was just a short story at the end. Of giant size man thing. I've never read giant size man thing. Did you not just walk about not talk? And beat things up like crocodiles, isn't it? Yeah, from what I understand, I have no idea. From what I can gather, he just looks like the like a kind of swamp thing rip off, but you know, but not, not thing. Oh no, sorry, it's space turn up. It's not a psychic beat route. Oh, my bad. Right, yeah, no, get sorry, my bad. Right? Get get my lore about their psychic vegetables confused. I've never read Swamp Thing. I've been told to read Swamp Thing. I'm sure that there. are a couple of graphic novels out there I was told to to get stuck into and there were a TV series that came out like two years ago that I never watched either or I think you told me to watch it what of Howard, Howard the Duck no Swamp Thing oh a Swamp Thing aye the TV show was good got cancelled after eight episodes was it was it based on Alan Moore's work on Swamp Thing or was it uh, seemed to be as far as I could tell because beforehand he was just a big... No, 100%. But... I'm, I'm sure he brought in the whole environmental protection stuff into him instead of him just being a big smelly monster. He yeah. brought in like, that too. Oh God, there's, an, there's another movie we're going to have to rewatch. Swamp Thing? Yeah, and The Return of Swamp Thing. There was two if you could get me somewhere that I can watch that, Chris, I would happily watch Swamp Thing in return of oh. Swamp Thing. I will see if I can find them. If you can do that, or <laughs> one that I thought was like, I know that I could get my hands on this, and I'm sure you've seen it too. You ever watched the animated of uh, DC film called uh, Justice League Dark? Yes, I can't remember. I'm sure. I'm sure I have watched. Yeah, in fact, no, I did. Yeah, I definitely have watched it. That's the one with Zatanna, Constantine. I think Batman's in it because, of course, Batman's in it because they have to actually, you know, sell this shit. Uh, he's pretty much the the one that like he's the audience subrogate, if you know what I mean. Which is kind of weird yeah. being Batman. But... Yeah, they couldn't shove Superman into the dark. It wouldn't really work because Batman like hangs out in the dark, so. He kind of gets these characters. It's also got Deadman, which I fucking love. I love like, when they give Deadman that fucking Brooklyn accent. Deadman, the Brooklyn accent? Yeah, Deadman's the one that I think he's in. What series was that? Deadman, oh, that was in Justice League Dark. Deadman is the one that. Oh, that's in- right. That's right, yep. Sorry, he does have a Brooklyn accent. Sorry, I was struggling to remember there, but that's right. Yeah, he does have a Brooklyn accent. He's like all pasty. He's got like 
a sort of like seventy suit on that goes down to his navel and he's got a big collar and his powers he can jump into people's bodies but he yep. can't jump into Batman's because Batman's got too strong that inner constitution to let that happen. Of course he does. Kind of Batman so, being anything but perfect until he needs to be. And then he's just suddenly the suddenly so easily defeatable that everyone can outsmart him. No, go ahead. I'll get back to Howard the Duck in a second. We'll go back to Howard the Duck now. Sorry, I was I just got lost. I was going to ask you who has bet Batman, but we we don't need to know about that right now because we're talking about Howard. Yeah. Why do you think, like, on that note, right, why do you think, how did that meeting go for the went, let's make a Howard the Duck movie? Because to me, like, as a geek, like, bringing up Howard the Duck is a sort of, like, almost arsehole thing to do. You're like, yeah, it's not the first movie, it's Howard the Duck. And it's almost became one of those things that you've only seen our age anyway, that if you stayed up to, like, two or three in the morning and probably didn't know it was a Marvel movie, like, it's... Or yeah, but they're, they're not. Like, what was it rated over here? What was the? Can you remember what the rating was? Because I'm sure I remember seeing it as a kid. I don't know if I saw it in the cinema or if I saw it in VHS first. You would have been two, Chris, when it came out in the cinema. I think it was a fifteen. Uh, it would have been no, it would have been three. Well, maybe no, maybe just no, well, two or three. But definitely, I'm sure I, think... I saw. I must have saw it in VHS in the nineties then. Yeah, because I know I've seen it. Well, I'm sure I seen it late at night, and we just what the fuck's this. Because it's just, it's just weird. I, it's just... I wonder if I just, I wonder if I saw, saw, I wonder if it was just the fact that I knew, maybe I saw it in the video shop and it had a duck on it and saw the name George Lucas. My yeah. parents went, that'll be fine. That's the guy that made Star Wars. Sure, there's nothing wrong with this film for a kid. Because the cover of it. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm sure the cover of it is just the egg with a cigar come out of it. Uh, as indeed, yes. Although I think I think the one I think maybe there was probably a there was probably an alternate cover as well. But then again, this was the nineties when it was still a bit more socially acceptable to smoke and have that kind of thing to cover. No superheroes smoke oh. anymore. Or... Not even Wolverine. Wolverine doesn't smoke cigars anymore. Oh no, Wolverine. Oh, good point. I Wolverine still does. I mean, in fairness, though, he's got that healing. In fairness, though, they can explain that away with the healing factor. They can go, it's all right for him to do it because you know he's got an advanced healing factor. This dog's getting I'm cancer. Sure, I'm sure Constantine still has to smoke. That's like pretty much the character. Oh, right, Constantine even does it in um, Legends of Tomorrow. But they never show you him puff. He's always holding a cigarette. Yeah. I noticed that. Right. I've seen this on a video, so I, I want to see if this is still like, so I can explain it. Is this Howard's duck? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's not. It's right. So back in the day, just when Howard the Duck came out in 1986, there were a thing called duck calls, and if you phoned a certain number, which I'll get you the number in a minute, you could phone up for like three dollars a minute (laughs) to hear Howard the Duck slagging you off and giving you. And telling you to go see the film. Oh my god, that's brilliant! I'm just trying um, to get the the yeah, number. A, premium, a, a premium phone line for Howard the Duck. What do you think? Oh, it's still live. Do you think you can still call up and it's still that answering machine is still going? I, I don't know, Chris, but 
the all the all the calls are on on YouTube now if you're interested. So during I, the summer of nineteen eighty six you could dial one nine hundred four one oh duck and listen to Howard tell you about the movie and its characters and his adventures on Earth. Oh wait, damn it, I'm on my phone here. Let me see if one nine hundred of course, no, they just spelled out D-U-C-K because they knew people would know what numbers was running the keypad. I was like, sorry, at a brain fart moment, I was like, wonder what D-U-C-K spells out? And I was like, wait a minute. No, and I was like, they'd put the numbers out and people would realise it's spelled duck. But yeah, that's right. They just they had that thing in the 80s where you'd always hear oh, man, spelling. Yeah. Not heard that in a while, right enough. Like the 1-800 Kung Fu or 1-800 Psychic. Yeah, rich. One eight one eight hundred sue sue someone. Yeah. So if you just it it just says here where I've now clicked on where the place I got that number, and you just say that how could you make a movie a summertime movie about a three foot duck that was like sleezing cigarettes? That like was it was just not the character, and like, and it wasn't even about like. It wasn't before, like, the fetish, like, funny thing was going on. And there yeah, was a person in a fucking duck suit also, which is kind of funny. Yeah, I was going to say, because the special effects, as I said to you when I was, when we were talking about this previously, the special effects are actually surprisingly not bad for the most part. Because they've got the best best of the business at the time, Chris. Yeah. Oh, that's true, yeah, industrial light and magic. Yeah, industrial light and magic are busting their... are busting <laughs> themselves. Yeah, because there's that thing, the, like, the chase at the end with, like, the wee... I don't know what you call them. It's not a biplane, but, you know, like, the... I don't know what you call those type of planes. Like, a prop plane? Oh, um, Maybe? I, right. I remember this because Elder wanted to buy one. <laughs> is it, oh, it's a something like, isn't it? Yeah, it's something like, Remember he was going to buy one? Uh, oh god! Was it was it like Aerolite or, or Aerolite or something like that? I think it might be Aerolite. Nope, that's a brand of luggage that I'm getting here. Yep. Personal. Google small personal planes. Best private Ultra plane. Light. A what? It's an ultralight. Ah, that's it. Ultralight. Is that what you said? Have you not seen ultralight yet? Do you not remember? When you look up, you'll find that video of like two people went out flying in an ultralight and there's a cat stuck in the the metal bit. They just see this cat chilling on top of the, the frame in it. Did you spell that with a Y? U-L T-R-A T R A then light one word. That's what I'm. That's what I'm looking up. But I'm getting. I'm getting all wheels and stuff. Well, maybe if I type add in planes to the search. But anyway, no point is oh. that seems actually still surprisingly good. Like it's pretty well done. You know, for any like an eighties kind of. It's not. I suppose it's kind of a car chase just with a plane. It's got the cops going after them, Blues Brothers style. Yeah, they were mis- So. I was just looking up, right, and the guy that played Howard the Duck, right? Yep. 
who was also in Ed Gale. in Bruges and other things, but the idea of being like a, a little person performer <laughs> at one point in Harry and Kamar. Wait a minute, in Bruges, the film with Colin, uh, not Colin first, is it Colin Farrell? Yeah. Really? She played Jimmy. Yeah, played... I thought that was someone else. No, I'm just, no, played... I'm just looking through his, I'm just looking through his bio. He's not actually got a page in IMD with all his credits. He's just got a bio. He's, yeah, he's got a bio. I've got one that's got his full credits. On, right. um, Maybe on, on the wrong page. Oh, get it on Wiki. He also appeared in the Venga Boys video for Shalala Lala. And he was also in the video for The Bad Touch. And he was also yeah. one of the actors. That I, can't even cl- I can't even click on his name on Wiki. It doesn't redirect anything. Uh, I'm, I've got the wrong guy. I've got John, Jordan Fred. Perdons. Oh, or George's Prentice. Yeah. Oh, the guy that did oh, the additional performance, not the main guy. Yeah, I've got the wrong guy. <laughs> I don't, I've got like he was must have been quite young. <laughs> he plays, then. A, plays, plays a giant bag of weed in her. Yeah, there's. <laughs> oh god. Silent but deadly. Why does that sound like it's gonna be a fucking horrible horror film that I now need to watch? I'm yep. Far. Canadian twenty one horror comedy film. Oh the fuck it's got Jason Mewes in it. Yeah. He, he will work for... one is for goats becomes a serial killer who goes after anyone who hurts goats and wreaks havoc on unsuspecting film crews shooting a film in the area. Oh, can okay, you read I... that out loud or Chris and just what what the fuck was that? Could you read it into yourself and it was like it hurts goats and becomes a ghost serial killer? Alex, no, <laughs> okay, 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 you okay, so you didn't repeat that. that. Okay, so Silent But Deadly with Jason Mewes. Right. A mute, a mute illiterate Louisiana farmer's son with an extreme fondness for goats becomes a serial killer who goes after anyone who hurts goats and wreaks havoc on an unsuspecting film crew shooting in the area. A subplot involves a small crew following a sheriff investigating the murders. Okay. And who- It doesn't mean that's the the entire Wikipedia stub. There's nothing else that is it. There's nothing about the plot, nothing about who even plays. Well, it tells you who plays what character, but it doesn't even tell you any of the characters in the film in the plot summary. It's got fucking William Sadler in it. William Sadler, William Sadler. Played the Grim Reaper, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, right. Just look at the God's sake, how, why do we always end up going down these blooming rabbit holes where I have to look up stuff? <laughs> you, oh, he's in Burger well, Blood. Oh, he was in oh he was both in he was in both Tales from the Tales from the Crypt films. Well, he Demon, exactly. Yeah, apparently he was in Demon Knight and Burdello of Blood. Oh he was in Green Mile. Yeah. The Myth uh, the Mist 2007 version. One of my favourite entrants ed- of Iron Man Machete mm. kills Ant-Man. Oh, I deleted scene in Ant-Man. Ah, okay. Yeah, I've seen quite a few. Yeah, I've seen quite a few films he's been in. 
I guess so. But um, <laughs> he. <laughs> Going back to something we were talking about earlier, he's been in a Steven Seagal film. He was in Hard to Kill. Hard to Kill? You... What one's Hard? That's when you were talking about earlier on. All right. Hard to Kill. You thought, no, you thought, that was, you thought that was that not the one where you thought he played an Eskimo or was that something else? Oh, that's On Deadly Ground. Oh, okay. No, it's Hard to Kill. He's in where Steven Seagal right. plays an LA police detective. Does he live in Russia now? Oh God, fuck, fuck even knows what's going on with Steven Seagal now. I think he, I think he's entered the world of the Charlie, Charlie Sheens of the industry, where no one really knows he what Because he, he got really mad that people said he was fat and said everyone's bullying him. From what I understand, he's pretty much blacklisted from Hollywood now because he's so hard oh. to work with. Also, that he was saying like, oh, if you. Oh, if you come to my trailer, I will get you a roll. And I can't remember. It was Will Smith's wife said that she had a time that he says he was a master of shit soon massage and he would like to give her a massage, then just grabbed her tits. <laughs> <laughs> do, how did we, we, we go into this from Howard the Duck again? Oh, David Prent, Jordan Prentice, which then led yeah. to, well, which then led to Jason Mewes, which then led to. Steven Seagal led to death this is a, playing six degrees of Kevin Bacon here almost yeah did you ever watch Steven Seagal Lawman where yes I watched a couple of episodes well that was an odd one so let's let's get back to that sorry do you think that they were they could make another Howard the Duck now like could could they make a they could easily throw that on a Disney Plus, not make it a man in a suit. Do it like thingy style of Rocket Raccoon and have it sort of like the absurdist Marvel. Yeah, I, think, yeah, I think given the style of the character, I think he's the kind of person you can throw into any time. Yeah. Thank you. But then, oh, mind you, I don't know, because as we all know, satire's dead now. <laughs> There's nothing where you can't really make satire anymore because the world's just so fucking ridiculous as it is. Yeah, that's. I was talking about this a, a while ago. Like, if you took what's going on, po- going on in politics, and put it in, put it in that uh, Armando Anucci thing, you'd be like, mm, that's 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 not even realistic. If you, I forgot the name of that Armando Anucci thing. That's why I said Armando Anucci instead of saying. Oh, that reminds me. Oh, God, that's just that's just maybe the other thing I want to bring up when we're talking about about social commentary. What? Uh, right, so in the film, you know, he learns quack. He talks about knowing quack foo. Yeah. Yeah, actually learns that in the comics. Mm-hmm. But what I thought what I thought was brilliant about it is because, you remember, I don't know if we really had it in the 90s and the 80s. It was very popular. You know, you'd have the martial arts adverts in the back of comics, like, you know, learn kung fu in seven days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he attends one of those type of classes. Like He's like, this is complete nonsense. You know, he's like looking through all because he goes to see a martial arts movie with Beverly and then he's like you know it's kind of, kind of parodying like how how culture at the time reacted to these movies you know it's like an ultraviolet once he goes to see like someone rips someone's tongue out and he's like how can you call this entertainment and ever, like all the kids in the street are practicing kung fu they're pretending to be kung fu fighters because of but that and was a like, big thing 
So that then, was like, a big thing. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you were talking about that. I was just going to mention how after Bruce Lee and stuff, that became a big thing. Like, Bruceploitation and everyone was opening up dojos all over the place. Like, even as a lad down here, Chris, that I went to a karate in the in the college and with a yellow belt. Like, everyone's done it. Like, it's just something you did when you were younger because you've Aye. seen a Bruce Lee film or... Aye, so it's like that's basically some, like some kid hits the wrong guy and this guy pretends to be a martial arts master and kind of whips his ass in a diner but then actually pulls out a knife and stabs him to death when, while no one's looking. Well, that's not good. Well, he, well he, he dies at the end of the comic but you don't really find that out until the very end. Because Howard, cool. Howard learns black Fu and gets into a Kung Fu fight with him and accidentally kicks him off the side of a building. And you know, being a being a relative pacifist, feels dead guilty about it. Then, then you find out that the kid actually died, and Beverly's like, you know, don't worry about killing this guy, guy, because he murdered this kid, so it's all right. He deserved to die. And it's like, I'm not sure that's really the moral you want to be telling to kids. I know it's satire, but <laughs> so what, the other... Look, you know the guy who made destroy the guy that created this also created Savage Dragon and Destroyer Duck 2 really? So, yeah I'm going through right, like but... the fictional biography right with other things that he's did he's also met he also showed up through the clone saga in Spider-Man encountered with Peter Parker Ben Reilly and Howard gets a rematch with the Circus of Crime and helps and helps out Oh, Jennifer Kale. He also showed as a brief series adventure with Generation X. I always gets a job as a as a department store Santa. He gets dragged into the North Pole where the real Santa has sold out to Hydra. Howard goes through <laughs> several dimensions, apparently through the power of Man Thing, who can now talk but doesn't understand this new unknown ability and lands on a version of Duck World where his parents where his parents essentially ward in June Cleaver. He has a sister called Princess and is regarded as a hero due to his activities in Earth 616 and then he becomes the Duck World version of Reed Richards. Oh, of course he does. Yeah, he's hung out with Namor. He likes going back to Cleveland. Yeah, why? Why? Is there something... Did Steve Gerber have something against Cleveland? I mean, I as I say, well, again, you know, I'm not up in American culture particularly. I don't know much about Cleveland. But why, what did what was this hate boner that he seemed to have for Cleveland? He seemed to describe it as like the armpit of America. He lived there. Also, oh. through Civil War, Howard attempts to register under the Superhero Registration Act and during the Superhero Civil War, but learns that society disrupted life. He had created so many bureaucratic headaches that the government official policy is Howard does not exist. Lack of government <laughs> oversight delights him for the rest of his life. No more packing ticket taxes or jury duty. <laughs> Heck, I couldn't even vote if I want to. So basically, they so, can't decide whether to classify him as a superhero or not, so they just decide to say he doesn't exist. Yeah. Is that the general gist of that? Yeah. Ah, that's brilliant. Uh, Secret Invasion shows up in that. He's briefly seen as a part of the superpowered army gathered to battle the Skrull forces. He's armed with a pistol while wearing a 
a scroll's hand around his neck. He's last seen, he's later seen uh, kicking a scroll during the interrogation of the invasion. And that's it. He just shows up with a gun in the background. <laughs> like, I think that's what they're using him again for. Just like, is that how to duck? Like, when you're flicking through things, you look. It shows up in Marvel Zombies. Oh, yeah. Saw that one when I was looking up. Let me. What was that? I just like, read... I just Sorry, like just... reading them out, Chris. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just thinking of the film. I just remembered a bit from the film again. I was thinking of the ultralight all of a sudden for some reason. Right. So, they, I just like. They fly through a swamp and there's all these guys duck hunting, like blowing their duck calls when they're literally surrounded by ducks. So you could get them to fly so you can shoot them. They're no fun shooting them when they're on the ground, Chris. Oh, okay. Oh, to be honest, I don't know if you're that's the real reason, but you're probably you sounded convincing enough, so I'm going to take your word for it. Because I'm thinking about it, right? Because in Duck Hunt, you blow it, then they all fly. Like, Duck Hunt would just be doom. If they were all just in the water and you were... I'm guessing that. So, I'm just going down the things that he's been in. Wolverine and the X-Men. Howard later teams up with his friend Dupe to battle the robo-barbarians in Dimension Zzzz. They beat a horde back with nothing but a broken sword, a rubber chicken with nails in it, and a gun that shoots bees. Okay. Yep. I love Luke. His characteristics did a thing for that and his powers. Howard has no superhuman powers but is skilled in a martial art called Quack Fu, enough to defeat or at least hold his own against far larger opponents. He's also shown to have some degree of mystic talent in the past to the point where Stephen Strange taught him some spells to Howard and he even offered to train him but Howard declined. <laughs> On occasion Howard has used a suit powered armour known as Iron Duck Designed by Claudio Starkowitz, the is that the not Russian boot? Who's Claudio Starkowitz? Is that not the guy that's in the cave at the start of Iron Man? That helps. That helps Tony build the armor. I'll look up Claudio Starkowitz. It, it does sound like a Jewish parody of Howard Stark, but I, I don't know. Terrence, Terrence Howard, Jeff Bridges. Sean, no, that's Ho Yinsen. Is apparently the captive in Iron Man 1, so I'm wrong. Right, besides the proper body armor, the suit is equipped with foot-mounted leaping coils, a chest-mounted searchlight, and a flamethrower in both arms. And I'm going to read you his characteristics now and tell me, like, we'll go through this and we'll see what you, how much is the use in the film, okay? Since you seem to have taken more in the film and I seem to have just sat there confused most of the time. How is a three-foot anthropomorphic duck? He generally wears a tie, a shirt, and is almost found smoking a cigar. Originally, in the many duck cartoons, wore no pants, but does they threaten legal action? Because he resembled Donald, so Marvel redesigned it. Uh, the aspect of the character by writing the script Howard started that he it was an anti-nudity protest was forced to business by all Wall Wall Sydney, who was trying to get him to put on clothes. Wall Sydney, failed cartoonist who made his fortune through a chain of convenient clothing. The Wall Sydney owned Sydney World, and uh, 
he soon him because he hasn't worn pants. They make some trial in different outfits. And he dresses in a fucking Scrooge McDuck at one point. Howard is irritable and cynical attitude most of the time. He's, he's nothing special. Seeks comfort and doesn't like to be left alone. He hates Triffy sci-fi. His psychic put. It's just odd. Like, if we go back to Chris, how the idea of a fucking duck... Look, why why would you green light that? Bar, bar the idea you that... You know my answer to that if it's in the 80s. Oh, cocaine's a hell of a drug. But... Yep. <laughs> do you think you're just sitting and you go, he made so much money with Star Wars, like... He, he can do whatever he wants. Right now. And then, then, then studios didn't learn their lesson after how the duck and still let them make the prequel trilogy. Ten years later, this is what happens when nobody tells George. This is what happens when no, there's nobody to tell George Lucas no. Did they not pretty much take the Star Wars off him and tell him never to talk about it ever again? Uh, I don't know. I, I can't remember. Don't know the exact story. I'm sure my mate Brennan would know. He'd be able to tell us. Exactly what happened. I'm pretty sure just after the prequels, he went, you know, I'm done. That's the story I wanted to tell. Metaclorins and all that sort of nonsense. That just doesn't make it. Don't, don't say the M word. <laughs> it never existed. Sorry, I've just got it. Sorry, I'm just I'm skimming through the issues just to see how much was used. Kind of catch random issues here. I've just found an issue where he meets Kiss. He meets Kiss? Well, technically fights Kiss. He gets put uh, in a psychic institution, and apparently this girl's imagination starts manifesting. Um, what manifests for her imagination is kiss. And I was looking, I was trying to find out who was really kiss, and yes, it is meant to be real. It is really meant to be kiss because they actually called him the demon, the star child, and the cat. Yeah, it's just so Gene Simmons can get paid. Yep. He puzzles me so much, Gene Simmons. He, like, I couldn't imagine him being such a villain in real life. Like he just comes across like a dickhead. Yeah, he does come across as that type. Do you know all the original members of Kiss are back in Kiss, so they can have? Uh, this is the the last tour. Tour. Did they not? I thought they did the last tour tour about two years ago. Oh, uh, they got back together. To, so with all the oh, original okay. members. Oh, okay. okay, so this is a different Last Last Tour. This is different members on the Last Last Tour. Oh, this is the original members going on the Last Last Tour. Because last time it was just the Last Tour, but it wasn't the real Kiss because it wasn't Peter, Chris, and Ace oh, okay. Friendly. What the... So now... Oh, my God, here. You know what? I'm just going to skip over this issue. My brain cannot handle this. So, we're thinking of next week. What film should we do, or series? Should we go a deep dive and probably not talk about that much, or get really confused by? And what, yeah, you, what, uh, what is your main takeaway from watching Hibbert the Duck? In general, I th- at least it seemed like some people there obviously read the comics, and it seems like some people genuinely wanted to make a good film. They just missed the mark by a, a country mile. Yeah, 
it seems a bit of a yeah, passion so there, project. Yeah, there's clear, you know, there's there's clearly stuff in there that could be good, and there's as I say, there's bits from the comics that were, you know, obviously someone at least has a look at them. What I've taken from what I've read and stuff, and I don't know, if, it feels like the uh, studio got really scared and was kept what? trying to add things onto it. Yeah, I was I was just realizing, guessing because they wanted to market it. it. I'm guessing it was meant to be marketed towards kids, right? Right. Yeah, the young adult. I can't, see, I can't see how because there's nothing in it that kids would really like, but there's not really much for adults to enjoy either. Oh, uh, not at all. Like they, they took all the sort of like because how the duck's an arsehole. Like he isn't a nice person. The red for that. Like he's. But, I mean, they obviously they obviously had him not smoking cigars because they wanted to market it to kids. Yeah, but they were still do do duck boobies still get classed as boobies because that would make it a oh yeah a good point. yeah so I guess it was maybe marketed towards more than like the twelve to sixteen demographic yeah I'm sure they they cut those duck boobies out of it what in the later cuts oh like if it was going to be on TV and stuff I'm sure you would only see them uh, probably I, yeah I can't imagine. Yeah. But he's an interesting character, and if they let him do what he actually is meant to do, and be, and not just be a parody, and let him be that sort of look on modern life, it would be nice. But we know that going forward with things, and if he shows up again in Guard of the Galaxy, he's just going to be. Wait a minute, two seconds. I need to send you a screenshot here because I need you to help me figure out who the fourth person here is. All right, go ahead. Because I'm just getting through. I'm, as I say, I'm kind of flipping through the comics while we're talking, just so I can check out a bit more and see, try and find stuff, other stuff that was in the movie. Right. But so, this is the this is the issue when he runs for president. Oh, uh, in the get down party. But yeah, but look at the characters that are in this. Right, I can recognise on the left. You get obviously get Nick Fury endorsing him. Then you get yeah. J. Jonah Jameson. You've got the thing. Who's the guy between Nick Fury and J. Jonah Jameson? Which looks like a troll smoking a cigar. It looks like who? It looks like a troll smoking a cigar. Yeah, but yeah, I was thinking, is it a demon of some sort? I've I've never seen that. Maybe that's someone that's only in Howard the Duck comics or something. I I don't know. I've never seen that before. Let me look. No, no. Sorry, I'm getting to the special issues now. Yep, that's me reached the end of volume one. <laughs> I'm right. to trade people back number two now. The Get Down America. Howard the Duck runs for runs for president. And this was like a massive part of the comic when he runs for. Yeah, it, it must have been. If you go back and read this, like the way they've got him running is so much like how uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> what running is like the day? Clean up the country type of message. Being like an almost joke candidate, but people really love him. Oh, okay. I 
I'm going through the thing. I'm just going through the letter. I'm trying to think how would uh, I'm also trying to think how would Tim how would how would how early in his career would this have been Tim Rob would Tim Robbins have been in this? I think he's one, early twenties. I think it's one of his first films. Uh, it is indeed. One, two, three, four. He's fifth film, apparently. And his first nomination for an award ever. Razzie? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, God, this was the film he filmed before Top Gun. Oh, he was in Top Gun. I forgot about that. Yeah, he plays yeah, Lieutenant Samuel Merlin. So he plays Merlin, whoever that is in Top Gun. One of the characters that nobody really remembers, I guess. Because you only really Merlin. remember Goose. I'm sure Merlin is Iceman's Iceman's other pilot is how the how the hell did how the hell did he blow up? I mean, I'm supposed that maybe the four films he did before that were good, but I'm like, you'd think that's you think Howard the Duck would have been a career killer. Um, I think the thing with that Chris is no one actually fucking seen it. Oh yeah, I suppose there is that. So you can't really even if no one sees it, they can't really judge you. Yeah. Leah Thompson had already been in Back to the Future, so she didn't give a fuck. Had she? No, in fact, this was before Back to the Future Part... Oh, no, it was after Back to the Future Part 1, but before Part 2. So technically speaking, she was already kind of famous. Yeah, I'm just looking up... What else did Tim Robbins do after this? I'm sure Carly went and seen Tim Robbins in concert playing blues guitar in the garage a couple of years ago. It sounds like one of the things that she goes, do you want to go see Tim Robbins? It sounds that sounds very familiar for some reason. Her, I'm uh, sure her so, brother or her dad went and seen Tim Robbins in concert. Yeah, uh, he was in fact. So after this, he was in Top Gun. Was his first film again? After his next film after this, which was the same year, so they must have filmed fairly close together. So in fairness, no one would have seen Howard the Duck before he was hired for Top Gun. So he got lucky with that. So like then, then five corners, then Bull. I think Bull Durham. That's probably his first kind of big role, you would figure. Yeah, he was nominated for Golden Globe and stuff like that. Bull Durham. Yeah. So. Cast. Oh wait. Yeah. So after this, that uh, yeah, Bull Durham's his. So after this, Top Gun, but then his breakout roles really Bull Durham. Uh Jacob's Ladder also. Well, everyone loved Jacob's Ladder. Uh, um, yeah, that, that wasn't until nineteen ninety though. Yeah. Sorry, I've got. It. So he was in Howard that five corners, Bull Durham. Was Eric the Viking not fucking terrible as well? Oh, I think so. Terry Jones, a British comedy fantasy. Oh I don't think I've seen it. I'm sure I remember I'm sure I remember getting it like a car boot sale or something up at Bella Houston. Oh right. It's it's got like your it's got like John Cleese and Ted, yeah. Eartha Kitt, John Cleese, Mickey Rooney, Jim Broadbent. Eartha Kitt, Catwoman herself. Yeah. It just seems like a whole bunch of odd, odd cats in a. I'm guessing yeah. Jim Carter, not the American. I'm guessing Jim Carter, not the American president. Yeah, I'm guessing so. Oh, the player shortcuts. I'm sure. I'm just doing actually this one. I'm sure. I'm sure I got this. Lady Hawk and DC Cab in like a three for a fiver <laughs> deal or something at a car boot sale. Lady Hawk, yeah, that's a DC Cab's the one with Mr. T, ain't it? Uh, DC Cab, yeah, it's the one with Mr. T. I've watched Wait. that in your house. 
which took me so long to find. It's not called. It was not called that on the VHS I had, and I could not find the name of it for years because it was called oh. like because it, I think it was called something like oh Car Fifty Two. Where are you? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because obviously you know none of us like in the eighties, none of us would get the, the title. I presume. Oh, it was called also known as Street Fleet. Fleet Street, Street. Yeah, Street Fleet, and it was uh, Street, written yeah. and directed by Joel Schumacher. Look, it's a Schumacher joint. Nice. Yeah, it's a fucking Schumacher joint. Adam Baldwin, this. Let's see, we're getting on to fucking other movies again here. <laughs> yeah. So what's what have we got so far? We've had, we've got we've had Top Gun, Eric the Viking, now DC Cab. Yeah, we went we went further on. Like, they're always a link there. They're a tedious link that runs through. Like if you listen to that, you'd know where our mind go. Yep. The... You're always guessing that you find your Walking Dead. You're six steps to the Walking Dead. Yeah, I can link Walking Dead, Doctor Who, to most things, Chris. Which is, oh, this would probably be easy. Let me go. <laughs> Who can I use? Uh, Adam Baldwin. Do you want me to use Baldwin? What the hell? Bill Maher? Bill Maher was in? Well, yeah. Oh. Hmm. Dwayne Jesse. Jesse, I know that name. Oh, he was in Animal House. Before DC Cab. Ah, oh, he played Otis in DC in Animal House. Okay. You you know I think I've seen that film like once or twice, DC Cab. Oh, Animal House. I've never really got into it. I think I, I think Elder told me it was the greatest comedy ever made and I was like, I don't know if I've got to watch this. What Animal House? Yeah. I think we argued between what was a better film between Animal House and Airplane. Oh, Airplane definitely now. I probably liked Animal House more when I was younger. I think Animal House oh airplanes like what's my favourite What was that? Airplane is like one of my favourite films ever and it mm-hmm. yep. totally changed Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen was a, a dramatic actor until he showed up in that cockpit and it changed yep. his whole career. It changed the entire career. Actually, that man's life. Oh yeah, totally. It used to be, yeah, he used to be dead serious like kind of dramatic actor and then did airplane and turned out who knew? He's one of the best comedy actors I've ever to live. Yeah, he was in, I'm sure he was in Carrie, his series, and I'm sure he was in Towering Inferno or something. Uh, was it Was it not the Poseidon Adventure? Oh, yeah, it was the Poseidon Adventure. Let me have a look. But yeah, Leslie Nielsen's career totally changed. It, it went from like, being serious that he showed up in an airplane and that was him for the rest of his life. He was... He was the, he was the comedy guy. Like, he was you need so... sarcastic and could just say the most absurd lines but with a straight face. Yeah, it was... It, oh, he was in, he was in, God's sake, he was in Forbidden Planet really early in his career. Well, I think he was, says he was in oh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents stuff too. When did when did the airplane come out? That was that must have been dead late in his career. So I'm looking at his early roles. There's the Poseidon Adventure. It's snatched. Millions will die. Ellen can be saved. Nineteen eighty airplane came out. So, aye, so his first 
his first big comedy role would have been the Kentucky Fried movie. And when I say big comedy role, I'm pushing the definition here. Because barely anyone remembers the Kentucky Fried movie. I've never like seen it. Fans. So. Oh, it's an uncredited cameo he's got in it. So it's a first comedy role. Prom Night, the slasher film. Yeah, a, I might have got mixed up with that and Carrie. Yeah, yeah, I think you are because Carrie was much earlier. Carrie was like seventies or early eighties, wasn't it? Yeah, he definitely wasn't in Carrie. Yeah, I see that man had a long, long and storied career. Uh, um... Do you know they only made six episodes of Police Squad? Yep. Yeah, it was basically a British TV show. Yeah, Police Squad's fantastic. It's one of those things where you can watch it in an afternoon. It's an interesting... One of my favourites, I think. I'm sure I've got the DVD of that somewhere. I'm just looking, he did quite a fair bit of horror early in his... Like around the time of Around the time of airplane, because he did prom night same year as airplane. Then he did creep show two years later. Do you think he was just trying to get paid? Do you think he was? He was just quite possibly. Because he was. Did he not fucking play? He was. He did superhero movie at the end. He was in Stan Helsing. Stan Helsing. Oh. Van, he, oh, Stan Helsing. I thought you said Van Helsing, the one with Hugh Jackman. I was oh, like, no. was he? I'm sure I remember that. He was also, if you remember, he was in Dracula, Dead But Loving It. Yep, all which I saw on myself at the Greenock Cinema. Nice. Because nobody would go with me. I was like, come on, it's Leslie Nielsen, it'll be brilliant. Spoiler alert, it was not. I think I went and seen Spy Hard myself. <laughs> Agent w- Oh, God, Spy Hard, I forgot about that, playing Agent WD-40. He was in Repossessed also, just there's no one a space travesty. Repossessed was actually pretty good. I remember. Well, I don't know if it is actually good or if I just remember liking it it's as a kid. Those, as a kid, you thought it was awesome, but if you watched it now, you'd be like, "This is this is awful." Quite, quite possibly, I'm pretty sure you can guess what it's a spoof of. Yeah, I'm sure. Also, it's got Jesse Ventura and Gene Oakland in it. I mean, yeah, it does indeed. It does indeed. They play wrestling commentators when Leslie Nielsen is trying to exercise the demon and is pulling wrestling moves off in the. Linda Blair character. It says to play themselves. Yep. No, they do. They play. Yeah, they do. They play the rest. They play wrestling commentaries, commentators, and it's like Leslie Nielsen plays a priest who's trying to exercise someone, and he's doing wrestling moves on her, and then I, Jesse Ventura and Gene Okerlund come on and start commentating over the wrestling moves while he's trying to do this possess. While he's trying to do the exercise. I've, I've I think, never. I don't. I've does never. he actually? I can't actually remember if he does wrestling moves or if it's just they commentate over the exorcism. Now that I think about it. I might be making the wrestling part up. I'll YouTube it later and see what the deal is with it, Chris. But, right, so we're coming up for our two hours. Do you want to pick what we're going to go on to next? What is next week's adventure? I picked picked Howard, so do you want to pick next week's? Ooh, tough call. Have you been thinking of anything? See, I was thinking Mortal Kombat. I mean, Mortal Kombat's not strictly, I mean, strictly, 
No, that's not comic book related. It is. We're sticking with geek culture, Chris. Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, we don't have to stick to comics. Cause, just because the new Mortal Kombat came out the other week and we've not had a chance to talk about that. Yeah, good, and we get a good excuse to talk about the two previous films as well. I, Which I were of varying quality. Of varying quality. In... <laughs> yeah. Well, were... I, I'll watch all of those films. No problem. And not the not the Scorpion's Quest game that had terrible cutscenes between <laughs> it. I'm trying to think of other bad comic book related movies there are. All right, or more to, ones that we could actually find that are available to watch more to the point because I'm pretty sure the fucking Agents of Shield one with David Hasselhoff isn't streaming, right, and I don't I'll know if I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know if, if I'm ready to subject myself to that yet. At least the Mortal Kombat ones give us something entertaining for a bit. Right, you're a man with a degree in stuff, Chris. Okay, I want to know if you can remember any Mortal Kombat vitalities, how to do them. Uh, give me a second one of uh, was it Scorpion or Sub-Zero one of them was up, up, down, down A, B I think or something like that That must have. I, been. Know, I know it was a pain in the arse to pull off because you had to do it exactly the right timing that might and be Sub-Zero it was one of the few fatalities that used the up and down buttons because everything most of the other ones were left to right if you stayed like a thumb away from them on the screen and you held block and hit up, up as Scorpion. That was it, it was block, that's what it was. Block, up, up was that. Sonya Blade was forward, forward, back, back, block and you blow a fireball. Yep, but you had to release block at exactly the right time or you would fuck it up completely. Yeah. There, yeah, there was time to it. That's the one I was thinking of. I think Sub Zero. No, in fact, I'm sure one of Scorpion's later ones was like a. I think he kept quite a fairly similar pattern because I think it was like left, left, right, right, or something. Did the get over here fatality? Because I remember, like, I think back forward blow punch or back back punch did the get over here. Uh, let me I'm just having a look at these fatalities. I'm just close, stand close to your opponent, sweep, move two steps away from your opponent. Where's it? Where's he? Where does it say? The thing here. fatality. It just says in this guide, fatality movements, and it says stand close to your opponent, then their sweep, move two, three steps away from your opponent, full screen, move away as far from your opponent as possible. Anywhere, stand from. Oh, it's oh, it's telling you how to do them. Or what screen you have to be at. So I was using this as a thing that you can't remember what you had for breakfast, but you could probably remember Vitality. Do you still remember the, the cheat to make gold Sonic in Sonic Sonic 2? Uh, not offhand. I remember it was you had to enter a button combination at the I think you had to I think you, did you have to hold pause and enter a certain button combination or was pause the end of it? I don't fucking know because you kicked me out of the room to do it. <laughs> oh, you're never going to let me forget that. Yeah. I do also I do also remember the Doom cheat codes. Oh, I, I know all of them. Oh, IDQFA. Yeah, that's... IDDQD is the... Is... One's God, one's all guns. I remember yeah, one's, 
one's all ammo or all all guns and in fact all um, all guns I think. I don't know why I know this one, but to walk through walls is I D S P I S P O P D. Okay, I do not remember that one. That lets you walk through walls, and I don't know why I still remember that. I couldn't tell. Like I'm, I'm studying right now, Chris, and I, I couldn't tell you anything about law or anything about like so I, the rules. What did we say? IDKFA, IDDQD was one yeah. of them, I believe. IDSPISPOPD. I think those are the only two I remember because only two I remember using. I think I'm sure there was an invisibility sheet as well that I never used. Oh no, there was there was one that um, gave you all weapons and armor as well. Can't remember what that was. It was very similar to the one for all weapons, though. Anyway, going off topic. I'm, I'm on. <laughs> Not that we had the topic at this point, we're at the end of the show. I'm on the doom sheets right now for. Is ID choppers gives the option of a chainsaw and one tick. Oh, ID choppers, that's right. Fuck, how did I forget that one? Because that's, that's I, an obvious one as well. ID Clev. Oh. Oh, that was the clip. That was the walking through walls one, wasn't it? I'm going to find out what that cheat does because I just remember ID DQD gave you 100% image of damage. Because right, there was one, there was one that had clips in it. IDDT, IDDT, this cheat reveals information if you use the auto one. Um, um, Ash is in the room. Do you want to say hello? Hi. Ash is there. Uh, oh, ID ID spiss popped. That was it. popd Yeah, that was the walkthrough balls. I remember that because I remember. I actually remember how I used to pronounce it. ID spiss popped. I only knew. It. I don't young. know. From a guy, and ID walkthrough balls as well, but ID clip was much easier to use than ID spiss popped. Yeah. Because if you say spispot to me, I don't have a clue. But because I can go I-D-S-P-I-S-P-O-P-D, which I, for someone that has no memory of most things, <laughs> that's over fucking 30 years old. Like, me having those knowledge, that in there. There were a guy I knew that used oh, to... That's, like, right, that's right, that's right. I just did was early 90s. Yeah. There are a friend of mine that I can't... His name was Robert. He was a he was a warlock and he used to work in the coffee shop beside the James Watt. Actual warlock? He was, he was a warlock. He was a friend of Paul's. Like, uh, like, are we talking like Alan Moore warlock here? Or? Uh, yeah, he had long hair and a beard. <laughs> and he, he also, okay, I'm, I'm sure I must have heard about this before, but... Um, he, like, I worked in Compact with him and Paul worked with him in there. Like, remember when that uh, coffee shop opened at first and it was it was weirdos that worked in it? Like, in Paul? Yeah. The days before you could go to a bar for, like, it would be when teenagers bought one hot chocolate between them and sat in tables and made a mess. We've all done it. You did it in fucking uh, borders. There's a whole bunch of goths with, like, one cup of tea between 18 of them. Then they would just all eat sugar and try to use the toilet. Damn kids. 
So I just he would use the the doom cheat or the not the doom cheat the what the blood cheat from Mortal Kombat would be how he would always answer like multi choice A to B quite A to D questions. A to C questions, he would just put in that blood cheat and hope for the best. If he didn't know it. So that's us over our two hours, Chris, where we usually like to keep this where we do, but we've still not yep. got anything for next week. So do you want to give the, the listeners a surprise and recommend it or do you want to uh let's let's tentatively say Mortal Kombat unless we come up with anything better during the week. I think Mortal Kombat is a good shout. We'll watch the first two and the new one. And I won't go into the history of it because everyone knows what the Mortal Kombat <laughs> is. Yeah, hopefully everyone knows the history of Mortal Kombat. Right, so this has been a pleasure, Chris. As always. And I will see you next week. And I promise I won't flake. I will be flake-free. So I will see you next week and I hope you've listened. And maybe if you've even got this far, we should be a mouse of the Clyde through the week also because... Ash is back from secondment in a, at Heartland. So you can so you can tune into the serious show. Yeah. I do like <laughs> that's the first time I think that's the first time I've ever used the word secondment also. Yeah. Mm, so that was a good shout for myself. I, I don't get used words like that, but <laughs> it's not a word that you most people use in everyday day vocabulary. I know it's it's, it's a good shout though. Yeah. I'm pretty proud I get I get used uh, I used it. So, right. <laughs> with that. <laughs> with that, I'll see you next week, Chris. Or maybe see you through the week, but everyone else will hear the sound. Goodbye. Night-night. <laughs>